is The Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap.com, where America buys and sells sports bets. The Odds Couple, with Chicago radio legend Mike North and midday host Carmen DeFalco on ESPN 1000. Welcome into your holiday 4th of July weekend. We're going to get things going on this Friday night. It's Mike North and Carmen DeFelco, and we are the Odds Couple presented by Prop Swap each and every Friday night here on ESPN 1000 and, of course, the great ESPN Chicago app. Mikey, it's a holiday weekend. We still got lots to talk about, buddy. Uh, I vacillate. Like, some days I feel really good about sports returning. Other days I'm not so sure. My fingers are still crossed. I'm trying to be as optimistic as I possibly can be, but... This next week or so is going to be kind of big in determining if these leagues can kind of pull everything off. No, Carm, it's good to talk to you. Happy 4th of July weekend to everybody. First thing I'm going to do is find out uh, what this, uh, look it up in the dictionary, find out what this vacillate is. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then basically, I'm going to tell you, look, you know, me being sort of like semi-retired but happily employed in a couple places like ESPN 1000, uh, every day's the 4th of July to me. I've it's been always a holiday. Close. Every day's a holiday, but, you know, and I got more time to play golf. And I, I understand you played golf. I played golf uh, the other day. I shot 100, so I'm almost oh. – Why? last year I averaged 112. Uh, this year I'm averaging about 100. And listen, I took that – I shot 100 with two eights, folks, and wow. two sevens. So – you know, it, you know, it's complicated, but I fought back, and I had some really, really good holes, too. But all I'm going to tell you is I've just found something else, another game, to just absolutely aggravate me. Nice. And, and, and then on top of it, because I love the game of golf now, because I can actually – I'm halfway decent at it after a year. And by the way, if I keep shaving 12 strokes off my, my score, by the time I'm 73, 74, I think I'll be shooting in the mid-70s. You'll That's be on the me. senior tour by then. Yeah, I'll be playing against Rick Roden <laughs> exactly. or whatever his name is. Uh, but but I got to tell you, uh, the golf betting, I used to say, you know, horse players, because I have my, I just bet long shots. I don't, because every horse player I ever knew looked like, I, he, at the beginning, he looked like he had a shark skin suit on, looking really sharp, hair combed back. And at the end, he looked like that clown Emmett Kelly, you know, from, from handicapping. But golf betting, I'm sorry. I, I mean, it's tough. It's I had hard. Kev, I had Kevin Streelman at 7-1. to one. And, and, and he lost by one stroke, just like DeChambeau did for me two weeks ago. I know. So it's crazy. It's really hard. You picked up golf late in life, you've told us. And you're last already, year. I mean, last year, and you're already, did you take lessons? No. What I did was I, I watched uh, the Golf Channel. I watched guys like Harmon and them guys. Yeah. I, I, I watched how they line up the ball. I look it up on Wikipedia. This is the honest to God truth. I was averaging about 112, 113 on a good day last year. But there's a golf range at the club I'm a member of. I When I'm not golfing, I just drive a minute down the street, boom, 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 hit about 80 balls. Wow. And you got to practice. You got to, yeah. That'll if you're help. going to the driving range three days before, I mean, three hours before you're supposed to play or something, that's not going to do it. No. Wow, that's pretty good that you're already down and you're about breaking one. Well, 100. I was embarrassing myself. I'd play in two two events a year, you know. Back in the day, the score golf outing, yep. with the ESPN golf outing, I looked like a moron. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's actually embarrassing. I want to ask you, when you shoot a bad shot, are you embarrassed? I mean, I guess it depends on how bad. Like, I... Uh, um... 
Not, not too much. I, you know, within the group that I'm playing, like yesterday, and I played, uh, or no, a couple days ago, me right. and, and Yurko and Mike Thomas, the Boston Randy Merck, and we went out and played uh, 18 after the show. We were in Worth at Water's Edge, which I love that track. Nice. Great little track. And, like, well, within the group, you know, if you hit a bad shot, nobody's really great. We're all sort of on the same level. You don't feel too bad. I mean, I hit one. I, I and I played pretty well, but still, I hit a tee shot that I just picked up my head and hit the ball. I mean, it couldn't have sure. gone more than 20 yards. It was straight up. It was like a pop-up to the Everybody to the pitcher. has those. Right, everybody has them. And I, like, I'm not embarrassed with the guys I'm with, but, like, the group behind us was pulling up, and then when they see that, you're sort of embarrassed a little. You right? know what's you know? the worst? The guy on the mower that stops the mower. <laughs> or the car, the car girl. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to impress, yeah. and you hit the ball as bad as you can. But I found out something too, because we played best ball. But when it's cart path only, my buddy brought his grandson. I just want to give a shout out to the young man, Nate Dog, because when when it's cart path only. And the three guys are over 65 years of age, okay? <laughs> Nate Dog, who's a young kid, goes and gets all the balls. So I was thinking maybe that's what we should do until this crisis is over. Right. Because you can't, you can't, if it's car path only, maybe, you know, 11, 12-year-old kids to go retrieve balls for seniors for 5 bucks an hour. I don't go. know. That's a good way to make a little extra they money. Absolutely. Make some scratch. And the men with no torque tour. I absolutely love it. We were joking about that on the golf course the other day, too. Well, how did how did everybody golf? We played you okay. I, I, I shot a ninety one. Uh, Mike and and Yurko both shot ninety nine. Uh, so they okay. were just under. And then Mer- Merck didn't have a great day. He said his IT band was bothering him, so that was the excuse. Uh, his IT, what is that? Something that you use for blood circulation? <laughs> I think so it's some rubber band he had hooked up around. Oh my know. god, I love Merck. When I he do gets too. Off the tangents, yeah. man. <laughs> was and the other guy that likes to eat nothing but celery and stuff. That's What's right. his name? Uh, Zetterman. Zetterman. Yeah. Yeah, Danny. I yeah. love. Danny. Danny Zetterman. I'm going to say, yeah, he likes steak, though. He does like steak. Now that's yeah. all he eats, basically, is steak. Good. You're right Not about bad way to go. You're right about betting golf. It can be hard. It's frustrating. It's so hard to, for, for these guys to win mm-hmm. on this tour. It's so hard on, on, like, the Corn Ferry Tour, if you talk to these guys about what the grind is like to win a golf tournament, let alone trying to pick a winner. I mean, it is really hard. DeShambo has been right there, but he just can't win one. His scoring average is the best since golf returned. But he just, he can't, that's how hard it is, Mike, there, in, in trying to pick these guys to pick out a winner out of these big competitive fields is so hard. Well, I just want to say this, you know, Sammy, he hit it. Richie Allen used to wear the long arms. He was just ashamed of having big arms, Richie Allen. But Sammy and McGuire, these guys wore their uniforms loose, you know. Sammy always had the long sleeve shirt on. It's an unnatural for a man like DeChambeau to have muscles growing out of the middle of his back. Everywhere. I mean, everywhere. It's out coming out of the middle of his back, and everybody's going, oh, everything's fine. He hit a ball like 390 yards last week. It's crazy, man. Yo. It can't be just the equipment, is it? No, I think it's the combination of whatever he's done to bulk up and the yeah, equipment. Whatever. I mean, he is generating a tremendous amount of club head speed. They say that that's like the biggest difference more than anything. But isn't he a little fat to you, too? He, to me, it to looks, me, he's fat. I agree with you. He looks In the midsection, he doesn't look like he's in the best of shape. I mean, now, what do we know, I guess? He's hitting the ball 350 yards off the tee. But to me... <laughs> yeah, we're criticizing the guy. I shot 100 the other day. Right, exactly. I just learned I'm criticizing it. But seriously, but I, he, I he looks a little heavy. I agree. Agree with you, and I would think like I would think all that mass would make yeah. it harder to sort of be flexible enough to swing the way 
you know, you'd he'd really want to swing. I don't know, well, but he's, not- he's generating a tremendous amount of club head speed, and he's killing the ball right But now. your argument for a guy that doesn't have that mass, that's in shape, that uh, is, is playing out of his mind is Dustin Johnson. He's yeah. the exact opposite, yep. and he hits the ball as far as DeChambeau does. He so crushes it, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when you look at Rory, and Rory's certainly fit, but Rory is an overly him. big guy, and he crushes the ball. You tired of Rory? <laughs> I'm tired of him. He's tough to figure out sometimes. I mean, I, I just can't stay with the guy anymore. He's I here know. over here. He's over there. You know, I mean, seriously, one one minute he's the best. The next minute he's having trouble making the cut. He's been probably the most baffling yeah. of the top number one golfers over the past years. Because Tiger, that's how great he was. Tiger was just so good every week he showed up, period. And the story was number one for like 8,000 weeks or something in a row. He showed up every time. I can't wait for Tiger to get back and play. So we're, uh, we're going to see. And we'll talk to our buddy Luke Pergandy here in a little bit. And I'm sure... You know, Luke always has a little bit of an update on what's happening at Prop Swap in terms of the uh, the golf bet. So we'll get to that coming up. Uh, our guy Jim Miller a little bit later Jimmy! on the show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, you got to get some winners for Hawthorne for this holiday weekend. Uh, we got a lot to do. When we come back, Mike and I are going to talk a little bit about uh, the MLB return home run leaders, where we can maybe find some value if you'd like to make a futures play there. And I want to talk about a guy that Mike brought up last week and his MVP odds in the National League. So we'll do some uh, MLB when we come back. We'll talk to our guy, Luke Pergandy. Don't go anywhere. We're rolling along on this Friday night, getting you set for the long holiday weekend. Make sure you follow us and hit us up on Twitter. Mike is at North to North. I'm at Carmen DeFalco. We're coming right back on The Odds Couple. This is The Odds Couple with Carmen DeFalco and Mike North on ESPN 1000. You're listening to The Odds Couple. Friday night at 6 with a replay Saturday morning at 8 on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Back inside the Odds Couple on this Friday night, presented as always by Prop Swap. It's Mike North and Carmen DeFelco each and every Friday, even this holiday weekend from 7 until 8. Then you get the opportunity to play every Saturday morning from 8 until 9. And it's time to talk to our buddy Luke Pergandy from Prop Swap. Yeah. And how about a tip of the cap to these guys? You know, we've talked about Luke and Ian, who are both yeah. Chicago guys. They started this company five years ago. That's Earlier right. this week was the five-year anniversary of PropSwap, and it has really blown up here in the last year or 18 months. Um, it's a brilliant idea. I wish I would have thought of it. Luke and Ian are smarter, so congrats to them. But, uh, I mean, it really is amazing, Luke. And, uh, you know, you, you were sharing the story on Facebook. And just tell everybody real quick how it started, what made you guys think of this idea. Yeah. Um, so I was living in San Francisco at the time, uh, just visited Vegas as everyone does to go party and bet on the New Orleans saints at 50 to one. This was uh, September of 2013 for labor day. And all of a sudden the Saints started out the season going seven and one. So of course their odds dropped down to 15 to one. And I called my now business partner, Ian, who is the sports betting guy. He worked for CG technology right out of college. And I said, Hey, I have this 50 to one ticket. Saints are doing great. Odds are 15 to one. Like someone would buy this from me, right? Someone in America would purchase this ticket from me. They would have to. And of course there's nothing on the ticket that is identifiable. So if someone in new Orleans wants to go cash it, be my guest. There's nothing identifiable that says Luke owns the ticket. And he's like, you're right. Uh, but there's not a website that exists 
that you could do something like that. Um, so we emailed 14 different lawyers in Las Vegas asking them, can we go ahead and do this? And the first 14 lawyers said, no, here's a list of reasons why not. You know, Nevada doesn't really take kindly to innovation. That's just kind of been their M.O. Uh, and our 15th lawyer, who's, of course, still a lawyer today, said, no, you're correct. Um, this is legal. This is permissible. Uh, and I know the Gaming Control Board, and I'll represent you guys to them. Let's, let's go chat with them. So, you know, that was 2014 when we started talking to him, and then we went live in 2015. And, you know, here we are in 2020. We have tickets getting posted from Mississippi and, you know, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, uh, and every state that's legalized it since. So it's it's been a good ride. Love the story. Uh, It's a great idea, and we love all the success of PropSwap, obviously. Let's talk about some of the stuff for sale uh, up there right now, though. You were mentioning that, uh, you know, NHL, NBA is kind of getting hot. Like, hopefully – these leagues pull this off. Mike and I uh, a little earlier, Luke, were saying that you know, some days it looks good, some days maybe not as much. I'm still trying to be as optimistic as possible. Uh, it's going to be a big week or so here to determine if the NBA is going to come back. But what kind of action are we seeing with the NHL and the NBA as we are now kind of inching closer towards the resumption of these seasons? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm still pretty bullish on, on those two sports just because they're going to try to be isolated. Uh, obviously, NBA in Orlando and NHL is to be determined. Um, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on that. The baseball thing still scares me. I still don't understand how we're going to travel all across the country. These guys are going to go from Chicago to Phoenix to Los Angeles all in you know a 10-day span. Um, that that kind of worries me. But the isolation plan that the NBA and NHL is rolling out, that seems to be that has a, have more legs than baseball does. Um but to your point, yeah, we've been selling a ton of uh, Lakers tickets. The Lakers continue to be red hot on PropSwap. We can't sell enough of those. Um, the Blackhawks, which uh, I believe Cap has uh, now purchased a ticket. Him or Danny um, has purchased a ticket from us. We continue to sell a lot of Blackhawks tickets just because if they can go, if they can get past the Oilers in this first round, I mean, they got a legitimate chance to make a quick run. Uh, and if you have an 80 to one ticket or, you know, a 60 to one ticket on the Hawks, you could sell that immediately for a huge profit. Yep. If they can get out of that first, that playing round. Um, so I would say the Lakers and the Hawks have been the two most popular, um, teams in NBA and NHL. Well, you know what? You look at uh, the Hawks, and now they're going to say that Chicago's not going to be one of the sites that yeah. would have probably have helped. Let's talk about football real quick. Cam Newton, the Patriots, any action yet yeah. on that stuff, uh, Luke, that happened? I mean, to me, it caught my eye. You know, he may last through the camp. Maybe he makes it all the way through. They say he's got something to prove. We've seen this act before, but we don't know how good it's going to be. What do you think, and what has the action been as far as New England tickets and stuff like that? Yeah, so they, I believe they went from around 33 to 1, now they're around 25 to 1. So that's instant profit. If you are holding a Patriots ticket, you can sell that immediately before this thing even gets going. Um, we've seen some Cam Newton MVP tickets sell. I believe he was 100 to 1 while uh, he was, of course, a free agent. Uh, and now his odds are down to around 30 to 1. So that's a great ROI. Uh, Patriots to win the AFC East. They were uh, like two to one or plus two fifty. They're a little bit worse than even money right now. Um, so all of those ways, like there is no way to profit on selling those tickets besides prop swap. 
Um, you got to wait. You know, the MVP isn't announced until February, basically. It's, uh, it's like a Super Bowl weekend award that they finally announced that. So, you know, you're going to be holding that for another seven months if you want to cash your, your Cam Newton MVP ticket. The other option is just sell it on our website lock in some money yeah all right real quick before we let you go luke i was reading earlier this week that a lot of sharp betters uh have uh, been bullish here on the white Sox. you know Fangraphs released some data and uh, according to their estimates that the team that benefits more than any other in terms of championship odds with the adjusted 60 game season uh are the white Sox. and i was reading that a lot of betters um are, are looking for Sox tickets and Sox futures and things like that has there been some considerable action with some of the White Sox futures at PropSwap? Yeah, we certainly have sold White Sox tickets. Obviously, we have a huge customer base in Chicago, so that's going to feed into that. But I totally agree. I mean, we would talk about this all the time on the show. Like, I want underdogs all day long in a situation like this. I don't want the Red Sox. I don't want the Dodgers. Like, I think there's just going to be so many upsets in a truncated season like we're about to have. And, I mean, look no further than the White Sox odds. When's the last time the White Sox World Series odds were 30-1 to going into a season? I mean, this is – they haven't been 30-1 to in a very long Long time. time. Um, You know, so clearly the books agree with that consensus. Um, so yeah, they're, they're a hot team. No doubt about it. That's one of the hottest teams to watch this year. Luke, congrats again on the success. Uh, thanks thanks for the partnership. Have a great holiday weekend. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Carmen. Thanks, Mike. See you, buddy. There he is. Luke, Luke Pergandy from I'm trying to figure out who's pitching for the White Sox. Michael Kopech. His early win coming back? Well, I think, you know why? I think a lot of people are. They got one pitcher that you could rely on. Giolito is the only one. Well, but yeah, it, it, and do we know if he's going to bounce back or is he in a jinx? If, Who knows? If anything, the you know the the way this has played out probably helps Kopech, right? I mean, he was going to be rolled out slowly. He would have started in the minor leagues. Now you've got this long delay, and what if they start coming out and they use him as like an opener? I mean, uh, you know, a Carlos Rodon coming Kopech. back after Kopech. Well, you got Giolito, Kopech. You got uh, Rodon coming back. Yeah. I mean, R- R- Lopez to me is like. I, you know what I smell? I smell gas, maybe, but I don't smell a World Series playoffs. I don't with the pitching. I like their lineup. Their lineup's great. Are they going to outslug people? Maybe. Carm, that's what they're going to have to do, I think, pal, until they get. Uh, they don't have a reliable one, too. Right, would you agree on that? Yeah, I think there's still a lot of questions. You're right. Gotta you, have like, two, two of your most important guys are coming back from from injury. You're right. Yeah, and there's no guarantee. Yeah. That's all. I, I, the, uh, I've been hearing about Kopik for years. I know. I get, you know, two it's years. as tiresome as COVID. All right? Kopik and COVID. <laughs> Kopech and let's COVID. get it over with, and let's see what happens. Well, and then you know what else feeds into all this, Mike? Like the Media? It does. Because oh, my God. Th- th- think about, like, the last time we saw Kopech before the shutdown, right? Spring training's wrapping up. Michael Kopech, in his last start, is throwing 102, 101. And you're like, oh, my God. And so, like, the media frenzy does begin. You're right. For three pitches. I know. There was everything else was lower than that. But for three pitches, Ryan went through a whole game throwing 100 plus. I've seen it all. I mean, I just think you got to hold your horses and, like, like, I don't know what they're basing. It's got to be lineup. Their lineup is stellar. I, I think it's got to be the like a combination of the lineup. You're right, and just the the, the flukiness that might How's ensue the in a young you're the season. Sox guy I think here. the bullpen's actually pretty good. I do. I think the bullpen's got a chance to be pretty good, and I think for the most part it was last year. But yeah, you know, the, what you're what they're banking on is just the flukiness of a short season. To me, it feels like they're still 
some time away from oh actually being a legitimate contender, but maybe over 60 games if the lineup, like you said, can just out, you know, outrake everybody else. Who knows? Well, you know what? And, and, and Scott Merkin, God bless him, you know, he brought up on, on Twitter about a week ago that they were still in a rebuild mode. And then I hear Renteria say they're not. No, now, yeah. which way are we going? I feel like they're, the rebuild is over, you know? Like, it's time the to be competitive, you know? Over. Yeah, it's, come on. It's like it's time to be competitive. They yeah. said three or four years. It's been it's there. But, the Cubs were already rolling by now, by now in their rebuild. Am I right? Uh, yeah, by the, yeah, a couple years in, yeah. I mean, this is like maybe this would have been the fifteen, you know, season for the Cubs for the White Sox, where they, you know, you're a competitor, you go to the playoffs, you make a run to the league championship series, and you know, maybe that's what this season will be like. But yeah, it's time to win. I mean, it's not time to be I mean, eight games below five hundred anymore. Who's not playing in the regular lineup that you got to rebuild? I mean, who's no, who's, no, who, I agree. who do you yeah. have to replace? I mean, no, you know, I agree. What? Yeah. I mean, come on, enough is enough with the rebuild stuff. You got your positions, on, and at least on an everyday basis, I, then, I think. I agree with you. Yeah, this is not a team that can be five, no. six games below 500 anymore. I totally you're, agree you're, with that. You're yelling rebuild, and yet you're you're signing 30-year-old, 31-year-old catchers and stuff. Yeah, it's not rebuild time anymore. Now no. it's time to win. I Speak, agree, speaking Garth. of the White Sox uh, outslugging people, Aloy Jimenez is uh, you know somewhere in about the top five or six choices to lead MLB in home runs this year. Wow. He's fourteen to one. Yeah, uh, along with That's Jordan, a good price. it is a pretty good price with a guy like Jordan Alvarez, who was the rookie of the year last year. He's fourteen to one. Trout's your favorite in most places at nine to one. Looking at Pete Alonso at you know double digit odds here at eleven to one. He led MLB in twenty nineteen with fifty three bombs. I mean, I think that's interesting to get a little bit. Is better that the than... polar bear? That's the polar bear. The yeah. polar bear looks like he eats a pizza like yep. the Bambino yep. and goes up and hits home runs. I like those odds. Absolutely. You know who else I kind of like? Because he doesn't have to worry about a slow start and dealing with the cold weather. He hates it because uh, he's just not accustomed to it, and he hated it when he was here in Chicago. Jorge Soler in Kansas City. He led the AL with nine, uh, in 19 with 48 home runs. He's 25-1. to 1. And, like, these are the months where he flourishes. When it's late in the year, when it's hot, he loves it. August and September, he's always been good. Jorge Soler at twenty five to one to lead MLB in home runs, I think might be a pretty good wager. Playing baseball in Chicago as a kid, hardball was most of the most painful experiences. And you were used to it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Jorge Soler, God bless him. I never saw this coming. I don't think the Cubs saw it coming. Yeah. Uh, you know, God bless him. He looks like the same ball player he was with the Cubs. He just has some seasoning under his belt. I was really happy for him. Uh, but, but you know, yeah, you're right. Playing now, we talked about it, the dimensions. I mean, you know, the Cubs, if they hit a ball that normally would be out of Wrigley, but at the new park they're playing in, or if they don't have home parks or however they're going to yeah, do What happens it. if you have to move? Yeah, that's true. Now, let's say you hit the ball three, 350, well, you know, or, or, or 380 at a park where it would have been a home one at Wrigley, and instead it's five, five feet in front of the left field yeah. uh, or the left center field wall. All right, coming up next, uh, speaking of futures bets, Mike uh, has convinced me to make a wager on a player in the NL. Uh-oh. Oh, I'm going with him. I'm riding with Mike on this one. Okay. I'll tell you about that coming up next. Plus, I'm glad that you brought up Cam Newton with 
Luke Pergandy. We got to talk about that uh, yep. MVP odds and some other NFL stuff too, including odds on the Bears' Week One starter. And what Vegas is saying right now, or at least what one sports book is saying right now, might surprise people. We'll do all that when we come back next. Don't go anywhere. We're the Odds Couple, presented by Prop Swap. This is the Odds Couple on ESPN One Thousand, Chicago's home for sports. This is The Odds Couple with Mike North and Carmen DeFalco on ESPN 1000. We're streaming on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Rolling along on this Friday. Happy Fourth of July weekend, everybody. Mike North, Carmen DeFalco. We are the Odds Couple presented by Prop Swap on ESPN 1000 each and every Friday night, 7 to 8, and then the Encore replay Saturday in the morning from 8 until 9. Last week on the show, uh, we were talking a little bit about Ronald Acuna Jr., and, uh, you know, Mike was talking about how love impressed him. he I love him, right? And how impressive he is. He's only 22. Did you know he's the first player in MLB history? to uh, eclipse 50 home runs and 50 stolen bases in his first two seasons. The only guy in the history of the league to ever do it. And in some places, you can still get Ronald Acuna Jr. at 10-1 to for NL MVP. And in this crazy sprint, I think, Mike, those are good odds. I'm with you on this young guy. I love him. I mean, I love the guy. I I said last week, I was asked about it. uh, And I said, uh, if I could pick any player in baseball, and I've had other guys that I like. I like. I love Lindor. Mm-hmm. I love him at short for the Cleveland Indians. I like guys like him, but he'd be the guy. Acuna would be the guy. Uh, he looks emaciated sometimes. Doesn't even look like you know, he's not a big time looking guy, is he not? I mean, he's not your uh, like we were just talking about Soler type of right. Guy. He doesn't look like big Soler. body yeah. guy, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's like you know. So I mean, I love the guy. I think it's a good bet. He's so good. Betts is your favorite in the NL at five to one, and then you've got the reigning MVP already out there in Cody Bellinger. He's seven to one, and you know the two of them together, maybe they cancel each other out a little bit. That's why I'd look at a guy like Acuna. Juan Soto is also ten to one. Uh, KB and Javi Baez, if you're looking for some uh, local fl- uh, uh, local angle, are both about twenty two to one. You so- know what you got to worry about with them? Well, with Bryant injury. Yeah. That's it. I know. Can he play the full 60? Yeah. I mean, right, and it yeah. seems like he plays a lot of games, but, I mean, there are games, too. My my big deal with the Cubs, I think one of their failings over the years, I mean, the Cubs never won, but when they had Santo and Banks together or William Santo and Banks, they always were delivering, it seemed like. Now, the rest of the team yeah. and the pitching staff, that's another story. I don't believe Bryant and Rizzo, if you really one for four, all for four, two for five. They never put two. The two of them never put a game together for the most. It's part. like are they ever hot at the same time? It's never that whole, you know. Right, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's weird how that works sometimes within a lineup too. Uh, so Cam Newton signs with the New England Patriots, and the uh, MVP odds, you know, put him somewhere right around uh, ninth, tenth actually. When you look at the choices on the board, about thirty to one, Cam Newton uh, to be the MVP. I saw that uh, the Action Network posted some odds. Now, they don't make book. They get their odds from PointsBet. That's an right. East Coast bookmaker. Right. Uh, they've set the line at uh, Cam Newton minus 400 to be the week one starter when the NFL opens for the New England Patriots. They've got Jarrett Stidham 
uh, at three to one to be the starter. So uh, you've got one bookmaker thinking pretty heavily that Cam Newton is going to be the starter in New England this year, Mike. Well, you know what? It would be crazy if he wasn't. I know that Bear fans are upset. I really am still. We'll talk about Trubisky in a minute. It falls. Yeah, we will. Uh, but I will tell you this. Uh, Sidman's the guy that's gone. What happened? I just had the rug pulled from under me, the quarterback that was supposed to be the guy, but they, I think, knew that maybe this is too much to chew on. And Cam Newton, I think, hopefully will be the starter. I got a prop up for everybody. Yeah. Oh, you know how you're always badgering me to come up with something different. (laughs) And I say, yeah. You always do. Oh, yeah. Well, here's how about this? Is there a prop bet out there that says Cam Newton and the Patriots make the playoffs and Brady and Gronk and Tampa Bay don't? Oh, man. Huh? Tell me Uh, what would be going on. And tell me Belichick does not have that fire inside of him from people that he's been hearing about for years that if it wasn't for Brady, including me, you know, because Brady is the ultimate and the greatest of all time, in my opinion, where would Belichick be because he coached before and it didn't work out? How's the fire burning for him and Cam Newton, who both have something in common? That's really interesting. Like, And this is certainly not my forte setting setting lines like that. I mean, would would somebody give you – Five to one on that, that that Cam and Belichick make the playoffs and that the, the Bucks miss? I think it's gotta be a fifteen to one. Ma- maybe you're right. I mean because more than five to one, you're right, Mike. Yeah. I'm hearing that Tampa Bay might as well get the reservations ready for the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's right. And then and, you know, and I'm seeing uh, you know, and I'm, then I see that Belichick is like nine and a half now, over and under, nine, nine and a half. We've been talking about yeah. that. And now they got Cam Newton. And and I don't know if he's going to make a difference, but how about if the other kid beats him out? What happens if Cam gets hurt? I mean, they got, no matter what, a decent starter who's got experience or he could be a backup. Can you imagine that? No. And get the job done. Crazy. Here's some other odds to start week one uh, in the NFL. Again, this is from PointsBet. Mm-hmm. With the Bears, they've got Trubisky. I was surprised to see this as the minus 140 favorite. Now, out of all the, the, the ones they've listed here, four teams, Bears, Patriots, Chargers, Dolphins, this is the closest competition, and this is the, yeah. the um, uh, least amount of variance between the two. Trubisky's minus 140. Foles is even money to be the week All right, one my, starter. My two, the two feathers in my cap that I tout the most, because believe me, I've been wrong plenty of times, but I was right about Wanstead from the beginning, and I knew Cutler would be a waste of time. <laughs> I'm going to add... That's how far back I go. I love it. Yeah, Wanstat's doing TV and everything now. God bless him. Good for him. But that's beside the point. The fact is, for the the same people who loved Cutler to think Foles is going to be the starter, I think, and I know Yerk, I think Yerk's one of the guys. I'm riding with Trubisky, and I didn't even want him because I wanted Watson. Mm -hmm. But there's no way Trubisky's been working out with the starters. Not Foles. Foles was a disaster at Jacksonville, and I think he needs a a different team uh, in front of him. And I think Trubisky, if you look at his numbers... He had he's got eighty five hundred yards in what three years? He's got forty nine touchdowns, twenty nine interceptions, and a sixty three percent percentage. Yet I talked that Obradovich on my Bear Bar Room podcast the other day, and OB says, well, a lot of his passes are short, That's and you got to improve that. So, I mean, he's not a fan either. So I'm staying with Trubisky, but a lot of people are going with Foles. I think it's going to be a mistake if that happens. Well, one bookmaker does have Trubisky as the favorite. Uh, so the other two that we didn't talk about. I might yet. bet that. 
Here are the other two. We got Bears, Patriots. We talked about Chargers. Tyrod Taylor is a big favorite here Mm -hmm. because remember that you got a rookie behind him. So Tyrod Taylor's minus 400. Justin Herbert is plus 280. Okay. And then in Miami. Tyrod Turner. uh, Tyrod Tyrod Taylor. Taylor. Excuse me. Tyrod Taylor. I, I think you're right. Like, and the other one is Miami because when you're looking at the incumbent being the uh, like a veteran incumbent, I think you've got to kind of think that they're still going to be the starter. But at some point, these teams will go to their young rookies. So in Miami, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is minus two eighty and two. He's a hell of a player. Hell of a player. He, he inspires you. That's right. <laughs> I can't believe he's still playing. It's amazing. Yeah, man, the guy. I mean, uh, he's entertaining. He's fun to watch. He he wants to win. He's got that fire inside of it. Intelligent quarterback, and he's a showman. Tua and Herbert are going to play though this year. You'd think, right? I mean, they don't draft these guys this high, and then which guy's the guy that that had to be carted off the field? Tua. Um, I don't know if Tua had to be carted off. Did he? I mean, maybe he probably did. Yeah, with Alabama, right? With Alabama, yes. He had the hip thing. right? He has the hip, which is a you know. I don't. He's, under- had, he's had a knee injury and a hip. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand that pick at all. Every all the media, the NFL media loves it. I don't. He's damaged goods. He's the car that got in the accident as soon as you drove it off the lot. Mm. That's me. It is hard with the hip and with like such a My weird off season where you couldn't really, you know, like when COVID struck and teams had to stop like really hey, look, digging I hope in it on works guys. Up. I know I have no accident grind with them. I hope it works out, but man, that's a scary pick. Yeah. It is. Everybody's acting like that's a cinch that it's gonna work. I don't understand that. I'd, I don't understand how. I'd look for the props though that say these guys are gonna play in their first year because when they're drafted that high, they almost always do. I mean, if well, we you know the, the guy from Cincy. We know the guy from oh, Cincy's yeah. playing. Please, absolutely. I can't wait to watch him play. You think he's gonna be good? I think he yeah. I think he will be too. Absolutely. Burrow, yeah. I th- he's been doubted his whole life. I, I know, know I know that feeling. Keep you know what? He's gonna be outstanding. He's got a quick release, he's the whole field. Now we'll have, of course, he's gonna he's taking over a lousy football team, but I like their coach. I think he's got the guy he wants, yeah. and I think it's gonna take a while. Don't forget Troy Aikman and all these other guys, Peyton Manning. I mean, they all had struggles too. Peyton Manning went three and thirteen in his first year, and what, Aikman went one and fifteen. That's I right. Think, or something I think like you're that. right. Yep. yep. When we come back, we'll get some ponies for the weekend from Jim Miller. Jimmy, that's our guy. And then Mike and I'll discuss: Could this be the year to actually find? Some long odds for an NBA champion, which almost never happens. But with this crazy season, this restart, and the bubble plan in Orlando, could we find a team with longer odds that might be able to win it all? We'll discuss that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Rolling along on the Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap. This is the Odds Couple with Carmen DeValco and Mike North on ESPN 1000. This is The Odds Couple with Carmen DeFalco and Mike North on ESPN 1000. Entering the home stretch on this Friday night, The Odds Couple getting you set for the long holiday weekend. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. It's Mike North and Carmen DeFalco. We're presented by PropSwap. That time in the show to talk to our guy, the Galloping Jim from Hawthorne. He is at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter, and it's time for some winners. Jim Miller joins us now. Jimmy, what's up, buddy? Hey, guys, big weekend of racing ahead, so that's a good thing. Everything's been rolling along, and uh, we were close last week, two-thirds in a winner, so not too bad, and uh, hopefully we can have a good weekend this weekend. Absolutely. Hope so is right. Uh, you guys got a full weekend of racing, too, correct? 
Yeah, full weekend of racing, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And the one thing that actually benefits us with a lot of area fireworks shows canceling, that means no disruption in our card Saturday. So we're able to roll them straight through 13 races on Saturday night. So if people are looking for something to do now to kind of replace their entertainment, they can uh, tune into our races all weekend long. You know, Jimmy, I got to tell you, you know, I look at the horses. I, I played golf the other day, and just like anybody else, when the sun's beating on, you start the weekend. <laughs> it's the same thing. I mean, I felt like Lawrence of Arabia <laughs> at the end. I got to tell you, I was missing just a headdress, but that's beside the point. Uh, the horses. Yes. Do they have the same effect? Because, you know, I'm a, I'm an animal lover, and I do love sure. horses mm-hmm. in the heat, 90, 90 degrees. Do you have to handle things differently? Oh, you definitely do. Horses far prefer the cooler temperatures than the warmer temperatures. So we do change things up a little bit when things do get a little bit warmer. And a lot of it has to do with our spacing in the barn area because we want all these horses to be able to have fans shooting on them all afternoon and all evening long when they're not on the racetrack. But trainers change things up a little bit. Maybe not warm them up as much before a race because it won't take as long to get a horse warmed up. But it really comes down more to a comfort level than anything else. So we'll space the horses out throughout the barn area, allow them all to have fans on their their stalls, all evening long, and it benefits them for their performance. But, yeah, some horses handle the heat a lot better than others. All right, so what do we like this weekend, Jimmy? Let's get some winners. All right, we're going to start in New York, actually, because there's a great card at Belmont Park on the 4th of July. So on Saturday, we're looking at two races at Belmont. First off, race number nine, the $500,000 Metropolitan Handicap. You go one mile here. We're looking at the seven horse, Mr. Freeze. This is a horse that's going to be probably the fourth choice in the race. Really good going a mile in the Gulfstream Park mile earlier on in the year, and Mr. Freeze should be a solid price. So bet that one across the board. Then look two races later, race 11 at Belmont Park, the $200,000 Suburban. This goes a mile and a quarter, and the one horse Tacitus is a horse that you may know the name because this is a horse that finished third in the Derby last year, second in the Belmont last year. So the horse knows the track, likes the track well, and should be able to run very well too. And then go to Hawthorne race number two, the six horse Incredible Bombay had an absolutely horrendous trip last week, guys. This is a horse that just with clear sailing should have no problem winning, but those are the three horses we'll look to for the weekend. All right, at Belmont on Saturday, the ninth race, the seven horse across the board, the 11th race at Belmont on Saturday on the 4th of July, the number one horse, and then at Hawthorne for Saturday, the second race, the six horse. Sound right? That's right, boys. All right, have a great holiday weekend. Uh, enjoy the uh, the races, Jimmy, and we'll talk to you next week. Jimmy! All right, have a great weekend, guys. There's our guy, Jim Miller, at Hawthorne Jim. Mr. Um, Freeze. Mr. Freeze, I, used I to like hear it. The, I used to hear the bells, the hair in the back of my <laughs> neck would stand up. Did you go that running? Meant ice cream was coming. Well, I go before that. Good humor. Oh, Are you God, kidding me? Yes. They had the trucks, and the, the bells would ring. That was like gold. They, all, dis, all discipline was lost. The, it, the kids would run out of the house, into the street. It didn't matter. Parents couldn't control. It was those bells. Do you know that for all the things that change, right, and everything that has changed over the years and the way kids mm-hmm. kind of grow up and what they experience, right. that was the same. Like what you just explained when you grew up, Mike, oh, was the, the same when I grew up. It's the same now for my kids. The ice cream man comes and they all know that that truck is coming. And they but all here's the cream. thing about the good humor trucks, and you can look it up on Wikipedia for you kids under 30. Because they used to be all over the place. But they were trying. The guy would reach in. There'd be 15 type of ice creams. He wouldn't even look. And he'd come out with the one that you asked for. That's a great point. And they'd have have uniforms. How did he do it? Now they dress like hobos. But they'd have 
uniforms with the white hat, the white shirt, the, the white everything. The good humor, man. It yeah, was no, so great. I, I, you know, after I believe he was one of the top five most popular people in Chicago had, during the 60s and 70s. It had to be. Yeah. Um, so the NBA is going to come back, at least we certainly hope. And this is what I was oh, wondering, God. Mike. I mean, normally this is you don't get big payouts, right, when you're trying to pick the champ in the NBA. We know that the best players and the best teams win, and the odds are always reflected on right. who are the best players. The Lakers are plus 225. The Bucks are plus 250. Even without Avery Bradley retiring, <laughs> and every That's everybody's right. starting to sound that alarm on that. I get you. The Clippers are 3-1. Are to one. That's it. I mean, no, you're not getting great odds. Is no. this the year where we can find a longer shot on the board in this crazy kind of restart that can actually uh, win. I mean, like a team like the Rockets, 14-1. to 1. You mentioned the rest that James Harden and Russell Westbrook right. have had because of this. Well, uh, you know, I mean, can, can we find longer odds finally to, heard, to pick an NBA winner? I heard the Greek freak the other day, Giannis. I heard him say, this will be tougher than winning at any other year. I go, what are you talking about? You're not playing as many games. I know you have the COVID crisis over your head. Maybe you may lose a player for a week or two. Who knows? But I don't figure that out at all, that you're you're not playing the full schedule. That's that's nice, and it is going to give some people an advantage. But I'm, I'm going to stick with the favorites here. Yeah. They don't have to play either. They don't have the beatings. They, they avoid injury. Unless somebody major like LeBron goes down, you've got to look at that. And I think Giannis is crazy. Uh, although I will say this. David Ross brought this up the other day. I don't care how many games we play. If we go to the World Series and win it, I won't care how many games are on the schedule. Yeah. And I got to agree with them. They fly the flag anyway. They'll call That's them it. the champs. You're right. That's right. Top seed is so historically significant yeah. in the NBA. That's why I, I think Mike. Why Fred, would it change? Why would it change? Exactly. Did you know that in the shot clock era, that goes all the way back to 1955, 71% of the teams that have won the NBA finals were number one seeds. Another 17% have been number two seeds. So you're talking about seven eighths. Of all the winners going back to 1955, our number one, our number two seeds. There you know just why? aren't upsets, Mike. There weren't free agents that you could pick up back in the day. You had Bill Russell and the Celtics dominating things in the 50s. Then you get into the 60s. Then you start seeing the Lakers in the 70s. I mean, these teams like Chamberlain and those guys and, and, and the Celtics, were they, they were a juggernaut, folks. Yeah. They were a juggernaut. So you're right. The Celtics, I would imagine, were one seeds, and the Lakers, who couldn't beat the Celtics for the most part, were two seats. That's it. I mean, this is a league that has been dominated always. by dynasties, always. Oh, I yeah. mean, that's it. It's, you know, oh, it's... yeah. Try to find me when the Cincinnati Royals won it all, or, or the St. Louis Hawks, or even the Chicago Zephyrs, who were here before <laughs> the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Zephyrs, if I'm not mistaken, are now the Washington uh, Wizards. Wizards. Isn't that right, Mike? Right. Yeah. They, that's well, the sh- and, and, and basically, yeah, I mean, seriously, we had... NBA basketball in this town a couple times, and we couldn't get it going. So when the Bulls came around in 67, it was so – you had to go down – I went down to the amphitheater, okay? Yeah. All I'm going to say is this. I don't think I could – I should have been armed. That was just me. (laughs) Crazy. couple things here as we get ready to wrap up. I've got to uh, toot our our own horn here because if you've been paying attention uh, since we've come back, Mike and I have given out three – 
eight to one paydays, including back to back eight to one NASCAR winners. Yep. All right. Yep. We gave out uh, Denny Hamlin last week at Pocono. Before that, it was our guy Ryan Blaney a couple of weeks ago who hit at eight to one. So we've been red hot but here. You've been hotter uh, than I have because last week I also threw in Truex, uh, which sounds like a med- medicine for your nose now. To, to me, that's what he's worth. He's on the same uh, wagon as Streelman with the golf with me right now. But seriously, you're the one that's been hot, Carb. Two weeks in a row, we've given out huge NASCAR winners. So I'm going to try. I'm going to try to do it again. They're going to the. It's the the Brickyard. I'm with you. It's the Brickyard 400. It's at Indy. How about the 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 Indy cars and NASCAR sharing a track for the weekend for the first time since like the late 50s mike so you've got the big machine hand sanitizer 400 that's what they call it now at the, the indianapolis exactly let's just call it the brickyard at the indianapolis oh motor God. speedway now ford historically has not done all that well uh, at the brickyard but ford cars have won the last two years brad keselowski in 18 kevin harvick at 19 harvick also won this event in 2003 it's no surprise Isn't toyota hot Toyota has been hot there. Yes, you're right. Now, Ford's won the last two. Before that, Toyota has been pretty good at the Brickyard. Uh, Harvick's your favorite at 4-1 to one because he's done well there over the course of his career. I had a Toyota Celica, a black one. Those things can go. Can it win at Brickyard this weekend? No, I don't no, know. No. <laughs> I don't think so. Kyle Busch is 5.5-1. to one. He's a two-time winner there. But we always look for slightly longer Who odds. Do you got? And I'm going to give you the guy, Joey Logano. He was the runner-up he's last year. Kid. He's a good kid, that Joey. You know, he's maybe distracted. I, I don't know what it is. His father at work, you know, got laid off. I have no idea. <laughs> he, was the, he was the runner-up last year. He's got four top five finishes at the track and 11 career starts. He's done well historically at the track. He is 7.5 or 8-1, to one, maybe even 9-1. to one. Look for Joey Logano this weekend. That's our NASCAR play. I'll tell you what, he's had high odds, though, Carm. Nine to one or ten to one. I mean, I'm not going to doubt the hottest man picking NASCAR. Let's try That's to do it you. again. Exactly, my three, friend. Three weeks in a row. We hope you've been on fire. Uh, thanks to our producer Tyler Aki for helping us out today. Hey, Thank Ty. you to Randy Merkin and Sean Davis, and we want everybody to have a healthy, safe, and happy Fourth of July weekend. And let's win some money. Enjoy the golf and everything else this weekend, Mike, and have a great Fourth. Okay, you guys have a great Fourth. Thanks for listening, folks. For Mike North, I'm Carmen DeFalco. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. Again, have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you next week on the Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap. This is the Odds Couple on ESPN 1000.